Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Friday, December 7th, 2018, and this is The Ride. Oh, did I say it? It is Friday! Friday, Friday, Friday. Give me some Friday. Been looking forward to this Friday for a while. At least for six days I have been. Now don't get me wrong, I love my job. I actually really do, and I look forward to going, even on Mondays, believe it or not. But I don't get to sleep in when I go to work, because I've got this commute that makes this thing between you and me possible. And so on the weekends I get to sleep in. I love it. And I'm nicely warm right now with my coffee and my nice clothes that are keeping me warm. Because I'm in a state of comfort right now, I kind of wonder if God didn't do that, remind me of this situation right now to help me better understand what's lacking in the lives of those who might not have what they need right now. And you know what? It's our job. It is. It is our job. It's not the government's job. It's not the church's or you know the organizational church's job to attend to the needs of those around us. It's your job. Yep. Jesus Christ in you, you are empowered, my friend, to make a difference in the lives of those around you. And if you listen to yesterday, or was it yesterday? If you listen to the last podcast, you know the love we are to be operating in is a sacrificial love, which means what you do for others, you shouldn't be doing it to get some kind of kudos or payback. You should be doing it sacrificially. Just let that sink in. I mean, I'm preaching to myself right now, okay? doesn't come naturally to me. And thanks a lot, Lord, for reminding me right off the get-go that I need to step up my game. But this is going to play into what I think we're going to talk about today because I was listening to the Bible Gateway this morning, of course, and... The scripture of the day was talking about how Jesus said that he is the resurrection and the life. This is during the story of Lazarus. And I think it was Martha had said to Jesus when he finally got there and and Lazarus had been dead for some days. And she says, quote, dude, what's up? No, just kidding. She's saying, Jesus, what's going on? You know... If you had been here, he he would have lived. And Jesus said, well, he will rise again. And she, and she replies, well, I know he will in the end days, you know, and when we rise later. And Jesus said, well, he was the resurrection and the life. Right now, right standing in front of her, in her presence, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do you know that Jesus Christ 
is in our conversation right now, and he is the resurrection and the life right now in this conversation you and I are having. And if you felt like there's no life or there's no hope in the situation I'm in right now, please let me tell you, Jesus Christ has arrived on the scene. He is in our moment, in our present, in your present. He is life and he is the resurrection. What was dead or dying can be brought to life, whatever you're facing. But we need to do it his way. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. I I keep feeling like when I read scripture, there's so many places, and it's kind of cool how this plays out. You know, as someone who would like to write stories and screenplays and books, I kind of get intrigued when I read a really good plot and with twists and all that, the, the complexity of the characters. I really can appreciate that because we've been fed so much trite junk as well. So when I see a good story, I I get intrigued. And when I read the Word of God, there's a lot of things in it. If If you read the thing as a story that has a a full arc and all these subplots but a major theme plays out through the whole thing and the theme is seen even in the subplots it's almost like it confirms the major story with all the sub stories well here's this sub story about Lazarus And Mary and Martha's response here to Jesus is, you know, guy, I wish you had been here and things would have been different had you been here. So they're they're viewing the situation through their limited knowledge, limited knowledge. Jesus knew a thing or two more than they did. And you can't fault us for having limited knowledge because we don't, we're not omnipotent. Wait a minute. Is that the one? Uh, Omnipotent. What the heck? I don't know these words. Omnipotent. I I don't know. We don't know all things. See, obviously. (laughs) Obviously, I don't know all things. Omnipotent is when you're all-powerful. Potent. Okay, anyway. We don't know all things. And, and, you know, you can't fault us. We don't know what we don't know. And so, in their limited knowledge, Mary and Martha were saddened and disappointed. I mean, it's an incredible disappointment. Obviously, they're, they're in distress They're mourning the loss of their brother. And Jesus, they felt, could have done something about it. But as far as they knew, death, that was it. That was it. Death, that was it. No coming back from that. And Jesus reminds Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the life. In other words, what you thought you knew wasn't the full story. 
your logic tells you one thing, but the truth is standing in front of you and is telling you another thing. So this is just one example in scripture where humans, God bless them, they're trying to figure out the way of the world and the way of the truth and their limited knowledge trips them up. It's seen over and over and over and over again. I mean, not long after this, when the Pharisees found out about what Jesus had done, when he actually rose Lazarus from the dead and blew the rinds and said, okay, well, this dude is probably somebody that is worth listening to. He knows something that we didn't know, probably ought to sit at his feet and glean more information from him. But the Pharisees weren't too keen on this. They saw their power slipping away with Jesus on the scene, and they also figured that Jesus is going to bring some bad press, and maybe the Romans in here, and the Romans are going to shut us down in the temple and remove our power, and we can't have none of that. So let's plot to, I don't know, we're Pharisees, we're supposed to be men of God and everything, but let's plot to kill this guy. Because in our limited knowledge, that's probably the best thing. They even said, it's better for one man to die for the people than to have all the people get into trouble. So their knowledge told them, hey, we need to take this dude out. Even though it's probably not the right thing to do according to their scriptures. Of course, they looked at blasphemers and those kind of folks pretty severely. And to their mind, Jesus was doing that. They were He was speaking against or he was speaking for God, which they felt that, you know, you shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't obviously be saying that you're the son of God. Um, that's just blasphemous. But you know what? They, just like we have, they had a lack of the full understanding. They didn't know the full truth. Jesus is the truth. And yet they didn't see which brings me to today. I could go on and on about stories in the Word of God where the Israelites make dumb decisions. Peter makes dumb decisions because they don't have the full story. And yes, we make dumb decisions because we don't have the full story. Israel as a whole thought that they were waiting for a Messiah that was going to militarily free them from the Romans. And it would be more like a king leadership thing. It was not even, or many people anyway, didn't see the Messiah as who Jesus turned out to be. But Jesus came to bring life and freedom. Freedom from the thing that enslaves us all, and it's not the government, it's not organizations, it's sin and our own selfish nature. That's what we need to be set free from. Paul in chains in prison was more free than some of us are today. Because freedom is something that's inside of you. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. The idea here is that The Word of God has these examples 
of where we as humans have simply not understood the truth, the full story. And so I'm encouraged, actually, because, because we know this now and can kind of put our head into this space where, I mean, what are you thinking right now is God's ultimate plan here in, in your life? But, but even bigger than that, what, what's God's plan for this planet? What would God's main focus be if he were walking the earth today? Uh, you know, Jesus Christ comes back to earth, walks the earth. What would be the plan? What do you think? I think the plan would be to do what Jesus did when he was here the first time. And that is to spread the truth so that people would not be deceived. Because in our deception... We make decisions that are detrimental to us. We think we have all the answers. We make decisions. And guess what? We, we make mistakes. Some of them are pretty minor, but some are major. And some can bring disaster on our own life and the lives of those around us. And God would like it if we didn't invite disaster into our lives. If we can avoid some of those pitfalls, we can then encourage others to do the same and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Gospel, the good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life, and he is here right now for us, for you, right now. And Lord God, I thank you for being here with us right now. I pray that you would speak into our lives as we talk this morning, or whenever it is we're listening, right now, Lord, whatever the time is, speak into our hearts and help us to know that you are the truth and that you care for us and want to bring health and resurrection into our lives. Thank you, Lord. But I look around us and I see our culture. I'm always crashing on the culture and maybe I shouldn't do that I mean because I'm contributing my little part to the culture right everybody is contributing their little part to the culture to the to the world's understanding of things and my understanding is just as limited as the next guys in some respects I mean I'm not fully 100% knowledgeable about stuff and I might know a thing or two about one thing, but be completely naive in other things. It kind of reminds me of, you know, I'm a manager in the IT field and in automation. And yet my son, who is 17, at times uh, makes me feel very foolish because I don't know some of the newest technologies that are out there. He kind of keeps me on my toes, but I'm supposed to know the stuff and some of it I don't. Now, I feel pretty good because there's a whole lot I know that he doesn't, but that's fine. Regardless, we don't have all the answers. And when I look at our culture and what the culture thinks is important, I kind of just sit back and cringe a little bit. I mean... How do you gauge what the culture thinks is important? Well, the culture 
decides what's important, I guess, by what it spends its time doing, right? Isn't that the rule, the guide for determining that kind of thing? In your life, you know, the thing that's important is the thing that you're spending a lot of time doing. And that's great if the important things are truly important. But if they're addictive behaviors that are bringing you closer and closer to a spiritual death, probably not a good thing to be doing. Recognize it and wake up. Ask the Lord for help. He is the resurrection. He can bring life into a situation that appears to be dead. We've talked about this, and I'm supposed to say it again. So, there you go. I'm reminding you, I'm reminding me, dead things can be passed away. You gotta let them go, though. You gotta let it go. So, the culture spends a lot of time revering people who, by our very nature, don't have all the answers. But hey, you know, if the Kardashians said something, we must need to know it, right? I don't want to pick on them. I'm sure they're decent people. Even in Christian circles, we can look at the world and think that there's certain things that we, that is the Christian goal. Well, the ultimate goal is that none would perish. That means that a major part of the goal as the family of God is to share the love of God with as many people as we can and sometimes use words, right? Isn't that the thing? I'm sure that there's going to be a day when we're going to look back, back in 2018 and say, man, we didn't know then what we now know in, I don't know, 2025, whatever about the truth of God. We've got new enlightenment, whatever. Wouldn't it be wild if God and Jesus seated at his right hand in heaven, they're looking at what's going on on the earth today and thinking, talking to each other going, I thought we made it clear to them that that it's important for the word to go forth and and people to be loved and and why is it that that they still are engaging in these wars and hatred speak and all of this stuff why are they engaged in this this is not what we're about of course they're not having that conversation because they know all things they know they know the mortal mind is limited and there are remnants on the earth today that understand and are willing to drop it all, drop the pursuit of mortal things, and pick up the standard and carry the standard into the ends of the earth. Wow, I'm just, man. What are we supposed to be doing here? I don't want to get to the end of my days like an old Pharisee and I'm laying in my deathbed and I'm thinking, what did we do? We, we were looking for the Messiah and we had this Jesus character. He didn't fit the, the norms that we were expecting. But obviously, he's the Son of God. And I missed it the whole time. We were looking for this military leader and, and this guy who was more interested in the heart he apparently was 
the way and the truth and the life. Now I know this and I wasted my whole entire life looking for the wrong thing. And he was right in front of me the whole time. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. It's quite possible that the intent for this day and age is completely 180 degrees to what we're doing. Even as a church, the church thinks it's doing the right thing. There's a lot of things the church is doing right. But I'm wondering, I, I think there's more sacrificial that needs to be part of the equation. And it seems clear to me as I say that, that that's true because even now my flesh is like, I don't want to be even saying that because I have to be responsible for living that way. Well, yeah, we do. But if there's anything that we know is that it's not, we're not empowered by our own efforts. God fuels us when we do these things. Why are we holding on so tight to things and to cash and to prestige? Well, why? Because that is the currency of our culture. But our culture is so fickle, it changes every day. Maybe we should be operating in the currency of heaven. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to drink some of my coffee. Get a little jolt of energy. You see, that represents my contribution to the energy I need to do the right thing at this moment right now. Get that coffee. That's the part that I did. And then God is going to partner with me. I mean, I'm partnering with God ultimately, but you you get the idea. He's going to join the heavenly power and place it into my life and allow me to step into areas and call forth the dead things out of the dead place and bring life to where there was only death. That's my job. So I'm going to empower myself to stand up and walk that first step and believe that God is going to empower me to finish the job. That's what's going on today. And the more difficult it seems for your flesh, for your old man nature, to walk into a situation that seems like you cannot do it on your own, the better. Because God will glorify you and his own name in that moment. In that moment where you step into the place where you thought you had no authority. But God has given you the ground, the land. He has given it to you and you can walk on it and be a conqueror. Today is your day to test out your walk. We've been given our walking papers. I have a picture right now of Paul and Peter. They're kind of like the the major assistants to God. 
And God's given all these sheets of instruction to these guys, and they are handing them out to all of us. It's like we, we're in a Holiday Inn conference room right now, and there's these two dudes that are pretty shiny looking because there's this glow about them. They must have come from heaven or something. It's, it's Peter and Paul, and they got these big stacks of paper, and they're handing them out. We're all in a line, and we're walking through this conference room at the Holiday Inn. And uh, once we get our paper, we get a, you know, a little cookie and a hot chocolate. But we're looking at the paper, we're walking out into the lobby, and we're realizing the line just extends forever out into the parking lot. But we've got our papers. We're reading our papers and we see, ah, these are the people that I need to make sure to reach out to. The paper doesn't list everybody on planet Earth, but it lists the people that we have connection with. And maybe even a few people that we didn't know we had connection with, but God has ordained that connection to be made. Those are our papers. Are we going to be living in a way to make God's plan come into fruition? Or are we going to live like a couch potato sponge, just absorbing whatever it is the culture has for us? Uh, We've got our walk-in papers. We're going to go make a difference today. Lord, in this moment, I want us all to know that you've called us, every single one of us, to do and to be something. It's not that we're just out there as robots doing the will of the Father without this connection with the Father. So in order for this to happen, Lord, we need to be connected to you. So, Lord, I ask that your spirit will enter every one of our lives. If, it, if we've never had this conversation with you before, Lord, I'm praying that we all will receive what it is you have for us. Thank you, Lord, for coming to this earth and dying on the cross for our sins, for a payment to cover us from having to pay that ultimate penalty. But Lord, you brought life into the situation. You are the resurrection. You brought life into our life, true life. And you are going to empower us even today. Lord, I thank you for being everything we need. I thank you for your resurrection power that is coursing through our lives right now. And I thank you that we have authority over sin, over death, over sickness, we have authority that you've granted to us because we don't operate under those sin rules anymore. We've been set free. Our heart has been set free. Lord, remind us of this every time we forget this. Amen. All right, we are children of the King. We are soldiers in an army that will not fail. We have our walking papers, and we are operating under the rules of engagement that were written by the victor of this war, conquest, whatever you want to call it. We're on the winning side, and all we need to do is look at those walking papers, see what's on it, begin walking in those ways. You do that, God will empower Every step. I don't know 
if this is what you needed today, but this is what I needed today, I believe that you're getting the overflow. You know, when we have these talks, it really gets me thinking about what is the important things in life. And I'm glad that God gets me thinking about these things. I hope that he continues to do that for all of us and that we make decisions based on truth and what's really important. Life decisions, right? Let's make good ones today. You are empowered to win in this life. And I'm simply here to remind you of this truth. So stand to your feet and start walking. Live it out today and you will not fail. The minute you stop walking, you kind of have that failure, fear. Just say, well, hold on a second. God has empowered me to walk. So I'm going to get up and walk. And if you fall, get up and walk. Maybe you have a day where you have very difficult time doing it. Get up and walk. God gives you the permission to stand up, walk, and maybe have failures, make mistakes. You have the, you have the right to do that. But get up and walk again. Get up and walk again. Get up and walk again. That's how it works. Well, I think I've said just about everything I need to say today, so that means... Stay in that word of God. Live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you. And never fear. Resurrection is on its way. And you're part of the reason it is. And I will see you on the flip.